The all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range. And Toolmark, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day. Don't Yeah, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Sports Day WA. You're with Peter Vlahos on this Wednesday. Great to have your company. All thanks to the Kia EV6. Uh, GD, World Performance Car of the Year, and Toolmart, the Complete Tool Centre. They've been serving WA for over 45 years. Very shortly, I'll release some news that I think I've picked up regarding the new owners of the Perth Glory, which I believe will be announced next week. Tried to confirm it all today with the authorities, that is the APL and the glory, but we uh, couldn't get much. I just feel they may be going undercover a bit with the pending announcement next week. I'll tell you what I know in just a moment. All right, uh, we've got the WAFL Grand Final being staged here on Sunday. The match between East Fremantle and Peel Thunder. 23 degrees is the forecast top, so it's going to be... Just perfect conditions for the climax to the WAFL season uh, between the Sharks and the Thunder. And we've got a couple of really good tickets to give away. Really good tickets to give away. They're $40 an adult ticket to go to the Waffle Grand Final, I was told today. I'm going to throw that out to Mark Stewart, the president of the East Romantle Footy Club, who's going to join us a little bit later on in the program. But for yourself, if you want to secure those two pretty good tickets... To the WAFL Grand Final, as I mentioned, it's going to be a picture-perfect day. 23 degrees and sunny is the forecast for your Sunday here in Perth. The question is around East Fremantle. And the first person to get through on the temper at Bedshed text machine, 0487 736 736. To name, to name, they've had 13 in total Three Sandover medalists from East Fremantle. If you can quickly name three Sandover medalists from East Fremantle on the temperate bedshed text machine, 0487 736 736, then you'll pick up those two good tickets to go and see the WAFL Grand Final on Sunday. They've had 13 in total, and I just want you to identify three Brownlow medalists from the club that's won more waffle premierships than anybody else. Sandover, did I say Brownlow? Sorry, Sandover medal. I got carried away. Brownlow, by the way, is on Monday night. Uh, looking forward to that as well. Sandover medals, 13 in total. Just name three East Randall players that have done uh, the best and fairest uh, for their club during a particular WAFL season. All right, uh, now for Cobham Estate, Premium Australian Extra Virgin Olive Oil. Just some news I've got regarding the Perth Glory. As we know, the Perth Glory, I believe, are set to announce their owners as soon as possibly next week. As we know, an emotional Tony Sage handed back Perth Glory's A-League licence in June of this year. And the club was placed into receivership amid what was seemed to be ongoing financial troubles. Now, the Australian Professional Leagues released a statement confirming that an advisory firm had been appointed to manage the receivership process. Glory isn't bankrupt and wasn't placed into administration, and the club's operations during this period have continued as normal in the meantime. So Glory have gone about their business. They've appointed highly regarded former Matildas and Central Coast men's coach Alan Stancic, 
who has also had a successful reign as the Sydney FC women's coach. But his biggest moment was when he qualified the Philippines for their first ever FIFA Women's World Cup and a historic first ever win against the co-host nation in New Zealand. During this period, players current and new have been signed in, in recent times, but the big unknown is who will be the Glory's new owners. Now, I believe the new owners, which, as I said, could be announced as early next week, are from the Middle East. I am unsure of what region, whether it's Qatar, Saudi Arabia, UAE, but I'm fairly reliably informed that it will be an overseas ownership. Again, I believe a group of Middle Eastern business people last week were escorted and shown around the club's offices, plus training and match facilities, by Glory CEO Anthony Radich. Now, we placed a call to the APL and asked for the CEO, Danny Townsend, to have a chat to us here on Sports Day WA. Danny is the CEO of the Australian Professional Leagues. My producer, Jimmy Williams, received an email saying, thanks for the call earlier. We are not in a position to talk on record as yet, but happy to look at something in the coming week or so. Again, I can tell you that the licence for the Auckland franchise for a men's and women's team has been secured for $25 million. So the club will make their debut in the 2024-25 season together with Canberra, who are still searching for ownership. Canberra, by the way, already have representation in the A-League women's competition. So there's a bit uh, happening in the Australian Professional League, the competition or the owners or the people that run the A-League. But as I believe, and I think could be announced as early as next week, the Perth Glory ownership will go offshore. And it will be a Middle Eastern concern that will take control of the Perth glory. In what shape or form, I'm not sure. I gather it could be part of a soccer partnership with maybe other clubs in the region or maybe overseas. But we'll have to wait and see how it does transpire. There you go. That's the information I've got on the Perth glory. And we'll see what happens. And I'll try and bring you more information as it comes to hand. The latest on the Perth Glory, uh, the big story for mine today, thanks to Cobram Estate, Australia's most awarded extra virgin olive oil, grown, harvested and first cold-pressed in northern Victoria. So coming up on the program today, I'll speak, uh, thanks to the Ishmael Footy Club, to Mark Stewart, who's the president of that club, about the upcoming WAFL Grand Final. And also later, there was a huge launch today where Sport West CEO, Matt Fulton, and everybody that's represented in some shape or form, whether it be professional organisations, amateur organisations, community organisations, everybody that's been representative of sport in this state were present here at Optus Stadium for the launch of True Sport so we'll find out more about that a bit later on when we speak to the Sport West CEO in Matt Fulton, who was there today. All right, let's have a look at those two WAFL tickets and who's secured them. Let's uh, see the list that I've got here. Now, the first one comes from Adam. He's called himself the flog guy. I don't know who this is. He's gone Blaine Bokehurst, correct, 2022. Adrian Bromwich, correct, 1998. 
And Craig Trelevin, yes, 1995. So well done there, Adam. You're the first person through. We've had a couple of others as well. Uh, Norman Cowell. No, Norm, you got it all wrong. Barry Cable never played for East Romantle. Brian Peake did. And Ross Glendening never played for East Romantle either. Um, Big Al says, Hollands. David Hollands won it in 1971. You're right. Brian Peake won it in 1977. And Sherry. Who was Sherry? You'd have to clear it up, Al. I'm not sure who Sherry was. We're just looking at the list here. And there's no Sherry on my list. But anyway, well done, to Adam. He's picked up the two tickets to the WAFL Grand Final and that gets underway on Sunday. Should be a beauty. For those people that are planning to come out, just to give you an idea of the program, the reserves will be the first game staged at 9.20am and that'll be followed by the Colts at 12.10 and the League Grand Final gets underway at 3.20 which is a bit later than what the normal WAFL home and away games are often staged. They often get underway at about 10 minutes past two. So uh, just repeating that the league will get underway at 3.20 this afternoon. We'll take a break. On the other side of the break, we'll speak to the head honcho of the East Romano Footy Club. And you're listening to Sports Day WA right across Perth and Western Australia with Peter Vlahos. Great to have your company. Great to have your company on Sports Day WA. And don't forget, double demerits apply from midnight tomorrow night until midnight Monday for speeding or using a mobile phone or radar detector while driving. Get caught and you could lose your licence twice as fast. We've got a long weekend here in Perth. Uh, it's our King's birthday long weekend. And, of course, the following weekend, it's a long weekend in uh, Victoria because of uh, the AFL Grand Final and whatnot. But anyway, enjoy it. The WAFL Grand Final is being staged on Sunday afternoon. And, of course, uh, chats with mates. Uh, mate, fair dinkum, internet without the fuss brings us our next little chat, and it's with the president of the East Fremantle Sharks in Mark Stewart. Mark, thanks for joining us on the program. Good afternoon. How are you? Congratulations on getting to the ultimate, that is, the grand final in season 2023. It must be a buzz down there at Shark Park. Oh, just great for the club, 125th year. Um, we've got a new facility coming up. It's just a really exciting time for the history of the club. Can I ask you, where is the facility at at the moment? Yeah, the uh, the roof, uh, the second the second level's well underway. The roof's on. Uh, the finishing trades will be starting shortly. Jip rockers, tilers, painters. Uh, it's all sort of starting to unwind and all starting to happen. And when will you be back there? Uh, we would hope to be back there in the first quarter of next year. We might play the first few games away, but, uh, yeah, we want to be playing home footy there next year. How'd you find the Wacker experience? Oh, it was great. The players loved it. I think it was it was a... It was a different product for the members and the supporters. It was just good to have something different. And uh, it was good to sort of re-engage with our sort of northern suburbs uh, supporters. So when you're looking at East Romandle in the old days, if you can term it that way, they tended to come. It was called Moss Street and everything around East Romandle, Palmyra, those sort of suburbs. And, of course, it was South Romandle on the other side of the, the traffic bridge. But uh, your research suggests it's a lot broader these days. Oh yeah, all, all the uh, all the all the members, uh, yeah, you know, spread out everywhere. Um, you know, what we want to do is, is is engage. You know, I've got board members that live in the northern suburbs, so our, our broader membership base uh, is all over Western Australia. What was really interesting, what we gave us the insight was when we did the uh, 
during the COVID period, we had that GoFundMe. You know, we had people overseas um, putting money into that, and it was just interesting to see where where the, the contribution of members actually came from. Supporters. Mm. That's great to, to hear. Before we uh, deep dive into the big event on Sunday. There has been a bit of news away from the footy field, as you know, Mark, regarding uh, a bit of investigation into the books. So how's that transpiring, and when do you think there'll be an outcome? Yeah, um, that process is still underway. I don't really have anything more to add than what I've already said. Um, that's with the Footy Commission. No doubt we'll catch up uh, in the next few weeks to go through that. But uh, uh, as I've said, you know, there was an administrative error. Uh, that's been rectified. I, I'd expect that that issue uh, will be resolved you know, before the end of the year. Your thoughts on the grand final being at Optus Stadium? It should be a beauty. The Sharks against the Thunder? I think it's great for the players to play on the best ground in the state. Um, it's going to be a great day. Uh, I was down there at, uh, at Peel last week. Uh, it's certainly going to be a great game. Um, I'd just say to all the East Romano people, uh, get out there and get to Optus. Well, we've seen certainly the bandwagon full for Carlton in the AFL with the Blues, who haven't played uh, at this level for a long, long time. The last grand final was 1995. The last premiership, I think, for East Romano was 1998. So a few people jumping on the bandwagon this week? Oh, absolutely. Um, it, it's, been, it's been too long for the club, way too long. And uh, to be able to have a grand final and... Uh, you know, what we want to do, no doubt, is, is to win it like Peel do, but uh, just to be able to give the supporters, the members and the sponsors who are so, so loyal to our club, to be able to give them something back this weekend would be really special. Why has it taken this long for the most successful club in WA football history, as far as premierships is concerned, to get back to this level? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, I think if we knew the answer of that five or ten years ago, we probably would we, we could have addressed it. Um, I think... Yeah, you have a lot of things that go on in footy clubs, uh, in society. You know, what, what, what does that mean? It's, it's hard to really know. All I know is that we've got a dedicated staff, um, board, football department who, who, who work their, their, back, their backside off, and that, that, that will just continue to be the way. You know, what we want to do is not only be successful this year, but we want to have a, a, a long period of, of success. How have you seen the, the waffle and where it sits at the moment within the community? Has it been a... A good year, an average year, an indifferent year. How have you surmised it? It's probably hard for us to analyse, you know, being, being at another facility. Um, what, what I think is never really talked about is just the volunteers, the amount of people, you know, when the presidents get together or the CEOs, board members get together, the coaches get together. It's just an enormous amount of time that people get and they, you know, they, they give to their clubs and their communities. I think what we've got to continue to do is to unlock... Yeah, the ability for football to, to help in the social issues that go on in society. Um, it's been a, I think it's been a good season. Could it be a better season? Absolutely. I think what the Commission are doing in and around that marketing piece, um, there's still some more work to, to do there, but it's heading in the right direction. You know, what, what we've got to do is you know, it's, it's the premier sport in WA and we've got to keep it that way. How competitive is it in the marketplace? As we know, it's all on the back end of being financially viable. You've got to pay players, you've got to pay coaches and, and there's a lot of costs involved in running a WAFL club. How much of a balancing act is it? Oh, it's no, no different than any other small business. You know, you're talking about clubs turning over, you know, two, three, four million dollars. You know, it's no different than any other small business. And what we've got to do is have good skill set on the board. And I'm really proud of our board members. You know, a lot of those guys run small businesses or they have senior roles. 
in businesses. And, and you know, what we've got to do is, yeah, you've got to return a profit. You've got to have budgets. You've got to have cash flows. And you know, that's the real focus for our club because that's the only way you're going to be sustainable. I was told today that the admission ticket to get to Optus uh, for an adult to watch the WAFL grand final is $40. Is that correct? I'm not sure what the pricing is. I've, I purchased uh, tickets some time ago. Um, it's probably a question you need to ask the commission. But I think at the end of the day, we've got to look at, you know, there's a massive asset. It costs money. Uh, I think the question probably is, is what, what does it actually cost to do? Um, you, know, you have this, you know, sort of armrest of conversation. Do you go to a local ground? And I was that leader last year. I thought it was great. But you've got to get to a certain level of break-evenness with numbers to actually make the thing work. And I think where it becomes a bit challenging in the suburban grounds is you can't get to that to that number, but then Optus is probably a lot larger. Um, so there's, there's a balancing out. It's probably something you need to ask the commission, but mm. uh, I think it's something that does need to probably have a bit more transparency, not not in the sense of just understanding what the numbers are. Yeah, now we've just looked it up, actually. It's $39 for adults, as Mike McKenna, the uh, chief executive of Optus Stadium, just walks past the SEN studios, probably on his way home after what's been a, a busy day. So when you look at the event on the weekend. Uh, you're trying to get as many people here as possible. Uh, Paul Hayes will be on the run home. Former East Romano player is urging people to get out there. Are you hopeful of maybe cracking 30,000? Oh, I, I, I would expect it would crack 30,000. You know, wouldn't it you know, Wouldn't it be great if it, if it was 40,000? Again, you know, it's a long weekend. Um, get out to the footy. The weather's going to be great. Um, you know, this, this is real traditional footy, and this is what we should be supporting as a community. So, I'd not only urge the uh, the blue and white supporters and the peel supporters, but if you if you love your footy, get down to Optus Oval. Are you confident John O. Marshall plays under an injury crowd at the moment? He is, but I'm not a selector, so uh, that that's really a, f- a football question. But there's no doubt they'll be doing everything they can possible to make that work. Well, of course, SEN will be calling uh, the big game, the grand final, with uh, Taylor Cowper. Do you know the bloke? Yeah, interesting young fella. Yeah, interesting young fella. I believe you booked a ticket to, to Bali today for some event that's happening up there regarding Taylor a bit later in the year. He's calling the game with Cam Robbins on Sunday. It should be an absolute beauty. Looking forward to that. I think Blaine Bockhurst is going to join him as well, uh, who, of course, won the 2022 Sandover medal. Good luck with it, Mark. It should be a beauty. Let's hope, Mate, every- let's hope everybody rocks up and supports local footy. It's so, so important. Good on you. Let's, uh, let's unite for the blue and white. OK, good on you. There you go. Uh, Mark Stewart, the president of the East Romano Footy Club. Now, Scotty Cummings had his view on the WAFL grand final and the Scotty and Goss program this morning. Scotty's always pretty colourful. Have a listen to what he had to say. I, I reckon on a fine day, come Sunday, 30,000 is a bloody fine crowd and that's twice as big as you get at any other venue. And I, that's massive. If they get 30,000, I'll, I'll walk to Melbourne. Backwards. And nude. You only get thirty thousand there. Which okay. <laughs> it seems like I've put a lot up here without <laughs> any sort of anything coming back in return. Yeah. Morning, boys. What was the attendance at the last Grand Final at the Stadium? Subi South was twenty-eight thousand. Oh, was there really? There's a good call. Oh, truth. Oh, I might be wrong. I might be in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Give us so a really twenty eight thousand for Subi South. Twenty nine thousand eight hundred and seventy nine at Optus in twenty twenty one. Really. <laughs> Probably should have done some more research. Oh, Andy. There you go. That's what uh, Scotty and Goss had to say this morning. Let's see if they do crack 30. I'm doubtful. Even though the weather's going to be perfect, absolutely perfect for the event, I reckon $39 is a fraction steep.
for an adult ticket. But as Mark pointed out, uh, it is an expensive exercise to put a grand final, waffle grand final on here at Optus Stadium. The commission will make a loss. They won't make a, a profit on the, certainly the ga- grand final being here at Optus Stadium. $39 a ticket, so let's make it 40 round it off. So you come with uh, your partner, there's 80 bucks. Uh, you buy a few other bits and pieces. So it's not a cheap day out. But regardless of that, if you can afford it and you want to support local footy, Get out here to Optus Stadium. As I mentioned, the match gets underway at 20 minutes past three on Sunday afternoon. And uh, there's a long weekend to enjoy as well. Very shortly, we'll hear from Collingwood coach uh, Craig McRae. He conducted a press conference today. The big issue is regarding Nick Dacos. But let's look at some sport for Polaris, Australia's number one selling side-by-side brand. And we are certainly looking forward to what promises to be two outstanding preliminary finals. Can't wait for these matches to be had. And this is what uh, Harry Mackay, uh, I should say Luke Hodge, had to say on Collingwood. And should they be targeting, targeting Lockie Whitfield in the game against GWS on Friday? The target for Darcy Moore, as much as it's 90% about you guys, because you guys have been the best team all year, I will be targeting Lockie Whitfield. He's not getting a free run off the half-back line. And guess what? Do you know the other person I'm targeting, Jared? I'm sending Maynard straight to Toby Green. Yep. And I'm going to say, before that, before that siren, you're wrestling him. You're, getting, you're letting him know you are the match winner for them. We're going straight after you. Every person who runs past Toby Green and Lockie Whitfield on the weekend, you'll be bumping him, you'll be hitting him, you'll be knowing that you make it known to him that they will not get one centimetre of space because in the first couple of games, they've been able to do whatever they've been able to do and they've been able to do it at will. Okay, well, Brendan Gale, the CEO of the Richmond Football Club, came out today that Nathan Buckley and Trent Cochin are being on the Tigers coaching selection panel for uh, the announcement of their new coach in 2024. They both provide a really, you know, valuable and current perspective. You know, as former leaders, you know, coaches and captains and, um, and uh, you know, their perspective is very valuable. In other footy news, in-demand free agent Ben Mackay will be continuing his AFL career in Victoria after the North Melbourne defender wipes Sydney off his list of potential new homes. The uh, 25-year-old has received interest this year from Essendon, Hawthorne, Port Adelaide and Sydney, with the Kangaroos expecting him to request a move. But only the Bombers and Hawks remain in the race to lure the 71-gamer away from Arden Street. Just in some other news, Super Netball's newest team, owned by Craig Hutchison's sports entertainment network, SEN, has revealed they'll be named the Melbourne Mavericks. And they also unveiled a striking new logo as well. The side comes in as a replacement for the Collingwood Magpies, who withdrew from the competition after seven years with limited on-court success. The Socceroos will start their 2026 FIFA World Cup qualifying campaign in Melbourne. The Graham Arnold-coached Aussies will play either Bangladesh or the Maldives, who meet in a two-leg playoff next month at Amy Park on November 16. The Socceroos also play on November 21 outside of Australia against another of their second-round opponents, Palestine, at a yet-to-be-determined venue. Lebanon is also in Australia's group, with the top two nations from each of the nine second-round AFC groups to progress to the third round of the Confederation's World Cup qualifiers, as well as secure a berth in the 2027 Asian Cup 
in Saudi Arabia. And in the latest twist to the Spanish soccer crisis, the country's World Cup winning players started reporting to training camp today, despite not wanting to be called up for the national team while fighting for changes in the soccer federation. This is a crazy, crazy story. Now, local media showed some of the players arriving at a hotel in Madrid where they briefly gathered with staff before heading to Valencia, a day after their new coach, Montesa Tomei, ignored their decision not to play until their demands for reform at the Federation were met. Now, the players had said in a statement that they were caught by surprise by the call-up and did not plan to end their boycott. But those who don't show up risk breaking a Spanish sports law that requires athletes to answer the call of national teams unless there are circumstances that impede them from playing such as an injury. As I said, it's just a crazy, crazy story happening uh, in Madrid or certainly in Spain on the back end of Spain winning the FIFA Women's World Cup and what's transpired after that. All right, uh, just before we wrap up this Polaris update, uh, let's have a listen today to Collingwood coach Craig McRae. Always a good listen uh, at his press conference today and what he had to say, particularly around Nick Dacos. It's fantastic. We, we've said right from the start of uh, you know, this finals campaign that you know, we've got a competitive advantage and it's right here. You, know, you, you turn up and you see all the black and white. We love it. Um, you know, the kids on school holidays and you know, the roar of the crowd when we kick a goal and, and when we do something well, we, we, we get inspired by that. Um, and internally, we want to we want to take the fans along for the journey. So, um, another opportunity to do that. Has the week off just allowed you to reset and bring the players back down. We're just concentrating on now. So it's, the now is you know we train well today. Um, you know we trained on Sunday. So there's little little things that you know you want to tick off this time of year. Um, you know, getting yourself ready to, for the opposition. We had we had you know a week of preparation, not knowing who who our target was. So. Now, that didn't come until Sunday, or Saturday, late Saturday afternoon. So, um, yeah, we got our sights on GWS as soon as we knew. Is it a one-for-one one that, that looks like the most likely, yeah. So you're only expecting change? At this stage. How is Tyrone? Yeah, that's the unknown, Josh. We're, you know, we're, we're hoping so. Um, yeah, he's progressing really well. It was a minor hamstring strain. Um, what that means is that he's a chance. And so he's, you, you would see the work he's doing. Um, yeah, he's a, he's a race against the clock, but yeah, we've got to get there first. Did you, you put your arm around him when he was, when he was having a kick to Ash Johnson? What, what, was, what was the conversation? Oh, it's his birthday today. Oh. Yeah, he said his birthday. We've got uh, his birthday and Jacob Ryan's birthday and then uh, yeah, Brudgy's birthday as well, so a lot of September babies. Yeah. You, you're September baby as well? Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's a game coaching as well? Stop it, guys. <laughs> it's making me blush. Yeah. You mentioned Braden Maynard. Do you expect that match up I think so. He's had a good record against Toby. But, um, yeah, we'll wait and see because you know, we have certain layers of our defence that we'd like to, to match up on. But he's had a good record against him. But he's a quality player and so significant in the way they're playing and they're in great form. So, um, yeah, it'll be a match up to watch. How much discussion goes into Oh, I've said this before, we, we look sometimes for insurance and then look sometimes for uh, for Spark. And uh, sometimes you can get a bit of both. I think Mason against uh, Brisbane a few weeks ago looked like he, he gave us a bit of insurance and a bit of Spark. So um, Jack Kinnivan's doing a great job in that role. So 
We'll see what that, how that plays out. What have you made of the Giants since Mother's Day, obviously? Yeah. Been on a big run since then, and they've been looking support Yeah, it's a long time ago. Um, you know, they didn't have Taylor, they didn't have Green that, that day. Um, so much has changed. Yeah, they're, they're in great form. You know, I think they've won you know, 10 of the last 11 or 12, whatever it looks like. Um, yeah, they're playing some super footy. We're going to have to be, uh, you know, bring a best defensive game to, to match their, their offence. That's a great question. Um, we'd like to think so. You know, the, the, you know, Melbourne had some real live wires up front, and uh, you know we're going to have to be on a game. You know, Daniels is a really good player. I think he's underrated. Um, we have to watch out for him. We'll bring our best version to, to take him out of the game the best we can. But yeah, they're, they're, they're good players. They've got good players across the field. If you went through every player on the field, you go, "Oh, that, this is a concern." Because we have a team defence, so so we, we'd like to back our system. In. Yeah, uh, apologies for a couple of the bits there, the quality of that audio, but that was the press conference. Some of it anyway today conducted by the Collingwood coach, uh, Craig McRae, uh, just getting bits and pieces out of it. Uh, the update for Polaris, the plate clearance deals on now. Save $2,000 on the range of 1,000 EPS plus get $1,000 free accessories. And uh, as we mentioned, uh, always chat with mates. Mate, you fair dinkum internet without the fuss. Uh, we brought you Mark Stewart before that, the instrumental president. And you can score a mobile deal as good as a Sam Kerr worldie with uh, mate. Before we continue, let's have a look at the leg up, Australia's fastest growing tipping service. And to bring us up to date with something we should look at maybe tomorrow, uh, here's Blake Johnston. G'day, fellas. We're heading to Hawkesbury for our best play of the day. Race three, number three, rise to it. He's been heavily supported at his last two. He got the job done. Two back, impressive winner over a couple of horses that have subsequently won a couple of races. And then last night, he was a complete excuse from a wide draw. He was three deep without cover. He made an early move and he knocked up much softer draw. He lands behind the lead speed and I reckon... He'll bounce back. Thanks, fellas. Good luck if you follow. Yeah, good on you, uh, Blake. Thanks for that. Get a leg up on the bookies with Australia's uh, fast-growing tipping service, thelegup.com.au. When I look at some of the most telling comments that have been made during the course of the week, we hear a lot of coaches, we hear a lot of players, there's a lot of press conferences conducted, uh, not only within Australia but around the world. And you've got to be prepared when you're a coach, when you're a player for any type of question that may be thrown to you. And if you're caught off guard, then there's the real potential that you may create a headline. And as we've seen many, many times uh, on the back end of a comment that perhaps has been misinterpreted, that it becomes a headline and apologies follow. What was interesting this week that actually caught my attention about a day ago Tottenham Hotspur manager, and we're all keeping a very close eye on Ange Postacoglu. I think he's doing an outstanding job, even though it's early seasons. And he confesses there'll be some good times and there'll be so some not-so-good times for Tottenham Hotspur in his reign. But they've started off fairly solidly with 13 points from the opening five games. And he was asked the question, and it's a great answer. He was asked the question from left field about how do you handle the mental health of some of your players. In other words, there may be days when your players are feeling down. There may be times where they just don't want to go out there and perform. 
So he was asked the question, is mental health an issue within his professional sporting organisation? Who in their life doesn't have something that's stressful? I mean, I've, I've lived 58 years now and there's never been a time in my life where everything is perfect, you know? I lost my father three years ago and he should have been here for the journey, so I've got to deal with that. Everyone, and that's just me talking personally, but everybody, everyone in this room at this moment, you could be, one part of your life could be flying and that there'll be something, it could be a family member, it could be a health issue, it could be a financial issue, there's always something. And, and footballers are not immune from that. And sometimes I think they fall into the trap of thinking they are. And they're not, because just because you have, you know, money or, or, or you're really good at something, um, life will still find a way to keep a balance in that there'll be stuff in there that that's going to be stressful, it's going to be upsetting, and, and you've got to just deal with that, you know. But do you think enough people in the game understand that as well as you seem to do? Well, I don't think anyone doesn't understand. I think, like I said, I just think we choose to ignore it. We just... Mm -hmm at times think, well, he's a footballer, he's got money, what's he got to complain about? You know, well, of course he does. But then the footballer has to also understand that, you know, his life is not, you know, perfection doesn't exist in life. There are, you know, plenty of people, you know, who, who have what we would assume to have all the advantages in life who are fairly unhappy, mm. you know. So that's not, that, that doesn't exist. So it's just a matter of, I think for the most part, people are, you know, understand that that's the case, empathetic. Sometimes we just choose to ignore it because it, it makes a better, not a better story, but it just makes a more impactful kind of scenario that, you know, wow, you know, fantastic footballer has problems. Mm. They all do, mate. You know, they all do. Welcome back to Sports Day WA with Peter Vlahos. All thanks to the Kia EV6 GT, the World Performance Car of the Year, and Toolmart, the complete tool centre serving WA for over 45 years. Don't forget, it is double demerits. They apply from midnight tomorrow night, that is Thursday night until midnight Monday, for speeding or using a mobile phone or radar detector while driving. Get caught and you could lose your licence twice as fast. Let's speak to a gentleman that is the Chief Executive Officer of Sport West. His name is Matt Fulton. There was a huge launch here at Optus Stadium earlier today, and Matt's online to tell us all about it. Matt, thanks for your time. Thanks, Peter. Thanks for having me. Well, uh, Sport West is the peak industry body for sport here in Western Australia, and today you're part of uh, a very special launch that basically encompassed everything to do with sport here in Western Australia, and there were certainly a few dignitaries that were present to launch this True Sport initiative. Tell us more. Yeah, that's right, Peter. This morning we had um, close to about 230 people from the sport industry in at Optus Stadium to, to relaunch True Sport to the sector. Um, we're really lucky. You know, we had the, the Minister of uh, Sport and Recreation, Minister Templeman, there to, um, to support the launch, as well as CEOs from close to about 90 different sporting organisations. So the, the launch of True Sport was all about engaging the industry and the industry taking a really strong stance around the type of sport that we want to see out in our community. So we're really passionate about creating a sporting environment that's based on strong values and has a strong culture. And the, the DNA of community sport, as we all knew it growing up, is really protected um, and enriched moving forward so that we can continue to benefit from, from the value of sport that we have here in Western Australia. So super exciting morning um, 
fantastic engagement from government and the sector to get to this point. Yeah, as you mentioned, over 200 representatives, athletes, sporting CEOs from a diverse range of state sporting associations, professional sports, uh, and as we know, the Minister uh, for Sport and Recreation, the Honourable David Templeman, MLA, was there as well. So for this to have been unveiled today. There must have been, can I say it, a few concerns that maybe, as you mentioned, the DNA of sport remained throughout Western Australia. So saying that, where were maybe some minor concerns? Yeah, we, we know that, that sport improves mental and physical health. It you know, helps uh, develop resilience and leadership skills. So it really um, played a positive role out in our community. Uh, we value that uh, social contribution to our economy at $10.3 billion per year when we did a, a survey on it last year. So it's certainly something that we um, see uh, is really important to protect and make sure we invest in it moving forward. And, and we've spent the best part of two years consulting with administrators and volunteers within the sporting community to, to understand what their pain points are and what we heard continually over that over that time were that volunteers and administrators are incredibly overburdened. We ask a lot of people and I think anyone listening today just needs to, to think about the, the local sporting coach who um, you know, has a family, has a job, runs around and somehow manages to fit this time in to coach a junior sporting team. Yet we expect them to be experts when it comes to mental health, how to um, how to handle poor sideline behaviour, how to keep um, children safe, those types of things. So True Sport is all about giving the tools and resources to those key people to make sure that they can really focus on, on being the best in, in their role. So it's not that there's one specific concern or, or issue that we're responding to. It's about looking at the long term and, and really investing heavily in volunteers and administrators to be able to um, protect sport and deliver a really positive experience for everyone involved. Yeah, fair call, Matt. There's a lot of sporting heroes out there that do it out of the goodness of their own heart and try and contribute to the community when it comes to sport from a volunteer capacity, and we salute those individuals. You mentioned sideline behaviour, which has become an increasing issue over a number of years, and I'm just wondering how that can maybe be brought more under control where everybody can play, that is the players, the coaches, everybody involved with a particular sport can enjoy the experience. Yeah, absolutely. And certainly through our conversations, it's, it's one of the topics that we'll be focusing on and, and launching a specific campaign behind uh, in a couple of weeks' time. Um, we've got no evidence to suggest that behaviour is um, becoming worse on the sidelines, but I think what we are seeing is, is certainly there's more ways that people can capture those incidences through mobile phones and live streaming as community sport, which is now very prominent. So we're certainly seeing it bubble to the surface more and more, even if it isn't uh, worse than it used to be and, and for us that's a concern because sport has many positive experiences and, and we want to tell people about those positive aspects of sport not necessarily the negative things that people are capturing on their phone so um, in a couple of weeks uh, following this this launch today we're actually going to launch a specific campaign targeting sideline behaviour um, so we've got a, a video that will be released that really shows from a uh, referee an umpire a player or a coach's perspective 
what it feels like when they're copying abuse from, from people on the sideline. Um, and it's a really hard-hitting video that we'll release to try and shift that behaviour. And, and the key message in that is that we just need to let people play. We need to let referees get on and do their job. Um, and, you know, if you're feeling those emotions um, sort of boiling up to the surface to, to keep them under control and let people have a great time when they're playing sport. We're talking to Matt Fulton, the CEO of Sport West, with the launch of True Sport this morning uh, here at Optus Stadium. So, Matt, when you look at sport, you mentioned it's so important for people to participate and be involved from a mental and physical point of view. But how can we get more individuals being involved with sport? Everybody talks about the cost of living. And, and in some sports, it's not cheap to partake or get involved, is it? Yeah, no, you're right, Peter. And um, you know, we've got over 700,000 people in Western Australia alone that um, are involved in community sport on a regular basis. Uh, we're certainly conscious of um, cost of living pressures on people participating. And you know, we're really pleased a couple of weeks ago when Minister Templeman announced an increase in, in funding to the Kids Sport Program, which enables um, certain people within our community to access vouchers to help offset some of those costs. So certainly if there's people listening today that... Um, perhaps making some tough decisions around the sport that uh, their kids are involved in um, to, to look for that kids' sport program, do some research. You can get some vouchers that can go towards um, the cost of membership fees um, and, and being involved, but also, and pleasingly now, that, um, that program extends to certain equipment as well to really reduce those pressures. So um, all the stats show us the benefits of being involved in, in sport are huge, and we want to make sure we give every individual in our community the best chance to to get involved and, and certainly that's really the backbone of true sport. We want to create that environment and culture where everyone's welcome to go along to their local club and get involved and they feel supported and, and welcomed in doing so. Matt, finally, we saw an incredible experience here just recently with the FIFA Women's World Cup uh, and it was just a ride that everybody enjoyed being on wherever you may have been through this uh, land of ours. Women's sport, no doubt it's growing and it's growing exponentially. Uh, what are your, what's your information, what are your statistics saying about women's sport and where it's heading? Yeah, I mean, it was so great to see the Matildas performing so well. And, and certainly you could just feel that momentum building through the entire community during the uh, during the World Cup, which was really pleasing to see. Um, you know, talking to the to the different sports, um, you know, yesterday morning I was actually at um, the WA Cricket season launch and, and talking to people there. And even, even you know, cricket is seeing the positive um, flow-on effects from the World Cup. I think it certainly opened the eyes to a lot of people around um, the opportunity that are out there for, for young girls and women to be involved in sport. And, and certainly, as you, as you referenced, Paddy, all the statistics are pointing in the direction that there's going to be continued growth in this space. Um, there's a lot of work um, that we need to do to make sure that facilities are keeping pace with the needs of young girls and, and women involved in sport. The government's doing some really positive things um, in, in that space. And we saw the federal government uh, a couple of weeks ago announce a $200 million funding program towards uh, facilities and, and women's programs. So it's a 
really exciting time to be involved in sport um, and it's really exciting to see these opportunities for, for young girls and, and women to, to be involved and experience those benefits that we, we talk about and um, you know, the, the positive that it can do to an individual and um, you know, I, I reflect on my youth growing up and, and how short uh, sport shaped my life. Um, seeing young girls and women have that same opportunity is so exciting for us all to see. Yeah, good on you, mate. Thanks for joining us. Uh, it certainly was an exciting launch this morning and uh, we look forward to it uh, certainly continuing and sport becoming more available to so many more people and uh, certainly becoming a far more enjoyable experience, which I reckon it will. Thanks for your time. Thanks for explaining the initiative this morning and we'll keep in touch. Thanks for having me, Peter. Matt Fulton there, the Chief Executive of Sport West, about the new initiative that was launched today. Well, that's it almost for Sports Day WA. Don't forget that Beaumont Tiles is giving away a trip for two to American football's biggest game worth over $70,000. All you need to do is just shop in-store at Beaumont Tiles before November 12 and you're in with a chance to win. TNCs do apply. Thanks, Jimmy. Thanks, Connor, for joining me on the program and assisting with the program. This has been Sports Day WA for the Kia EV6 GT World Performance Car of the Year and Toolmart, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 45 years. I'll catch you tomorrow from 5 right here on SENWA.